0: Hello, Sawbona, How's it? Marlo, Jumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Devon Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy.
1: The series that we're starting today is called Soul Care. And uh, before I get into it, I would like us to read from Genesis chapter two, verse seven. And it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So we know that God breathed into Adam and Eve because they were still like that. So God breathed into Adam, and then he became a living soul. So he became a living soul because God breathed a part of himself into him. So then, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the topic of taking care of our souls, all right? We'll be delving into topics that relate to our souls and also, you know, how we can help ourselves to stay healthy in our souls. Because the crazy thing is that the soul is something that you can easily ignore. It's something that you can easily not take care of because you don't see it. Unlike your body, you can see when you're gaining weight, you can see when your skin is not okay, but you cannot see your soul from the outside. So it is critical for us to look after this, after our soul. So we're going to go into a number of of sermons that look at specific things that have to do with our souls. Okay, so when we talk about our soul, just to explain this, when we're talking about our soul, we're actually talking about that part of you that makes you, you. The part of you that makes you, you. Uh, the part that makes you, you know, the part that thinks. So you're the part of who you are, where you make decisions, where you think. The part that has also your emotions in it. But it's that critical part of who that, that God has placed in you. All right, so it's your individuality, and it's the essence of who you are. So when we're talking about our soul, that's what we're talking about in connection to with this series. And then the second thing I just want to highlight here is what we mean when we're talking about care. So when we're talking about caring for our souls, we're talking about things that we can do on a regular basis. And these things are the things that we can consistently practice. To look after and tend to our souls because our souls need to be tended to. If you leave them, then they will go. They will go. They'll be chaotic. Basically, it's like a garden that is not tended. When you don't tend it, then all sorts of interesting things happen to it, and it's not a positive, interesting that I'm talking about. So then, um, what I'd like us to do is to look at our second scripture here, which is Deuteronomy 5. 6 verse 5, it says, remember that um, God has uh, breathed into us and we are a living soul. And then this scripture says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So the reason why we need to look after our soul, because it has been created to love God. Our souls have been created primarily to love God, okay? So uh, it is critical for us to take care of them because a, a soul that is unhealthy or that's neglected or maybe a soul that just needs a little bit of attention, a bit of TLC, it's a soul that struggles to fully become what God has created it to be. I think I'm not the only one who wants to fully become you know to to get to the maximum of what God has made me to be but if my soul is not taken care of I'm incapable of doing that I'm incapable of reaching the heights that God has for me all right and also what 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 is strange is that when we when a soul is left to its own devices interesting word anyway when it's left to its devices what begins to happen is that you become incapable of doing the things that God wants you to do. You become incapable of loving God and fulfilling your kingdom purpose here on earth. So that's why it is so important for us to look after our souls. Because if we don't look after them, what happens is that it either... Will run towards the edge of destruction, or you know, towards the, the cliff of destruction, or it will slowly meander towards it. You may not realize that that's what's happening, but if you just leave it to itself, then you may find yourself at the at, at a very high, a very high cliff of destruction. All right, and some of the reasons why this happens is that there are two key things that happen that just lead us towards that. The one is, okay, there are ignorance and busyness, okay? So these partners that coax us towards this edge of destruction, they are, I like how this is, it's like the blindness of ignorance and the distraction of busyness. We are blind because we are ignorant, and then we are so busy, that we are completely distracted even to the key factor of taking care of our souls. So these two are the targets of the series that we are starting today. So we're going to be targeting ignorance and we're going to be targeting busyness. Because when we are too busy, we are not able to then take care of the things that we're going to take care of. I remember uh, Trisha actually mentioned Coco Alma last week. She used to like saying that the word busy stands for Busy understands yoke. But anyway, so busyness is not a great thing for us. All right. So now what, what are we going to do is, for some of us, these messages are going to be like putting on a safety harness. And as we put on the safety harness, it helps us to not fall over, but to be able to even maybe abseil down nicely, safely. and also so that no matter how close we are to the edge, we're not going to fall, all right, and for some of us, these messages will literally save our lives, and I must add that they won't only save our lives, but they will save the lives of our children, okay, and then George Mueller said something powerful, and what I like about this is that, you know, truth Um, It doesn't matter how long ago it was said. Truth will remain truth. So what was true 100 years ago will remain true 300 years from now. And he said something powerful. He said, according to my judgment, the most important point to be attended to is this. Above all things, see to it that your souls are happy in the Lord. Other things may press upon you. The Lord's work may even have urgent claims upon your attention. But I deliberately repeat, it is of supreme and paramount importance that you should seek above all things to have your souls truly happy in God himself. Day by day, seek to make this the most important business of your life. This has been my firm and settled condition for the, first, for the last five, five and thirty years. For the first four years after my conversion, I knew not its vast importance, but now after much experience, I especially commend this point to the notice of my younger brethren and sis- sisters in, in Christ. The secret of all true effectual service is joy in God, having acquaintance and fellowship with God himself. Amen. Now, that is that is powerful. That is powerful. But here's the thing. Your soul and its wellness are critical to you being able to enjoy God. It is critical in your spiritual journey. Loving God well involves us loving Him with our souls as well. Um, a soul that is left to itself struggles with this because it loses the capacity to love, to love God and love others. Dr. Hart says, you can't have spirituality, in other words, loving God, living for his pleasure, growing in the knowledge of him, because that's that's the one thing. When we're talking about spirituality, we're talking about being aware of God, not just being aware of any higher power as spirituality is defined now, but when we're talking about spirituality. In Christian terms, we are saying being aware of God, being connected to Him, living a vital and thriving life in our, you know, spiritually. So so that means that when it's thriving, it means that you love God, you're growing in your relationship with Him, but you're growing in your relationship with other people as well. So that's, that's basically what we mean by spirituality. So Dr. Archhart said you can't have spirituality separately to your body and your emotions. So the state of your body and emotions has a great impact on your spiritual walk with God. It has and, and if you don't have um, a soul that is taken care of, it becomes difficult to do this. So unfortunately, we do have a crisis on our hands. We have a crisis as Christians, because our souls are by far, very, very emaci- how, what, how do you pronounce this word? "emaciated. Yay, I got it, right? <laughs> so they're not well. Our souls are struggling. You know, our souls are anorexic, if I can put it that way. The spirituality spirituality of our children in the next generation is even worse than our own. If I can ask you, um, just so that you understand what I mean, if I can ask you, uh, how many verses does your child know versus how um, how many series does your child know If I can ask you, um, does your child know Psalm 23 at age 8? Because for many people by that age, we used to know Psalm 23. If I was to ask you, does your child know Psalm 28? Do they know how big God is? Versus, does your child know... Um, whatever it is that they watch on TV these days, whatever it is that they play on TV these days. Mine loves soccer, and he can tell you about every soccer player at seven. So, So over the next few weeks, we're going to focus in on our souls. We're going to put on the safety harness. We're going to take a real honest look at ourselves, all of us. Like I'm saying, including myself, my son knows more about soccer than he does about scripture. So, we need to put the safety harness on when necessary, and we're going to take take back control of our souls. So we're going to move away from the abyss. So we're going to deal with ignorance, and we're going to deal with with busyness, and then we are going to, um, you know, and what we're going to do is we're going to take some essential soul care. We're going to look at our souls and deal with them. So please just open your hearts and invite the Holy Spirit to come and, in and minister to you. So we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask Langa to come up as he is going to do the first sermon of, uh, of this series. Okay. Let me just... All right. And while we... It's, it's on. Perfect. Okay. So I'm just going to pray, okay. and then is going to carry on. Okay. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you that you are our God. Thank you, Lord, that you saw it fit to make us and to breathe into us so that we would be a living soul. Father God, I pray that today, as we listen to your word that our eyes would be opened, our ears would be opened, God, and that we would hear truth. Father, I ask that we would hear your heart towards us today. I ask God that we would hear and that we would apply what you tell us so that we would live healthy healthy lives that will bring us closer to you and bring us closer to others in the mighty name of Jesus. Baba, it is our desire that we would love you, that we would um, live out our kingdom purpose on earth. So I pray that through your word that we would do that. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen.
0: And everybody said, Amen. amen. My name is Langathamini, and as I'm commonly known as uh, Knox's husband. That's my wife. And these are my friends. If you're online, you can join us with my friends here. It's wonderful. And um, the, the first part of, of, of the series is exhaustion. Okay, And um, what is exhaustion? It's used interchangeably and fatigue. Is there a difference? Exhaustion is a state of extreme physical and mental tiredness and loss of strength, they say. Fatigue is an extreme extreme tiredness resulting from mental or physical exertion or illness. Both exhaustion and fatigue, if left unattended, can cause damage to the part that thinks and makes decisions. That part is your soul. That's the, that's the most important thing. It will cause damage if it's less unattended. Now, it is important not to forget this. There is a source. So the most important question to ask, let me time myself. Right. The most important thing to, to remember, who is God in the context of tiredness? Fatigue or Exhaustion. Isaiah 14, 28, 31. Isn't it great? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become tired or grow weary. Somebody said, Amen. amen. He, he's not susceptible to this thing that bothers us so much that can break our soul. He does not grow weary. So, we're coming to somebody who, who knows how to beat this thing. Great comfort. Then, who gets exhausted or fatigued? It's busy people, like you saw that guy going over the cliff with his cell phone. And Jesus is in the human form. Just very briefly, in, the, in your day-to-day life, I captured a few, a few things that you do or that I do morning to evening. I'm a little bit echoish, maybe it's just me. And morning you wake up, eat, drink, wash, hopefully, and get dressed, pray, exercise, read, listen to instruction, pay for stuff, ignore people, listen to people, make requests, acknowledge someone, say hello, say thank you, help, remind someone, remind yourself, touch, study, socialize, pray, again hopefully sleep, watch or listen to entertainment, parent someone, hallelujah to parents. You have to refuse someone something and discipline and feed and assure someone and say you, you look pretty even when they're full of snot. Fix stuff, postpone stuff, make decisions and decisions and decisions. And know what that does? It depletes your energy. It takes up energy. It, each of it depletes your strength. So you have to acknowledge that just your day-to-day activity takes away something from you. Okay, so that's us. Question, did Jesus get exhausted? Now, let's look at the day in life. I mean, for Jesus, it's an understatement that is amazing. I mean, I just went to Scripture and said, just pick up anywhere and just look for a place where I could kind of track Jesus' day, typical day. And I caught him... At Matthew five, six, and eight, that's one day covered in like maybe four chapters. Amazing. Anyway, at chapter five, he gets up, goes up the mountain, sees the crowds alone. Disciples join him later, and they start the sermon in the mount. You know the one that he talks about: "Blessed are these, blessed are that, blessed are that." Okay, that's that's just the start of his day, and after that, he tends to his disciples. And he starts speaking to them. He tells them they're the aromate of Durban. OK, they're the light when, there's no, when there's, there is no there's load shedding. Remember, are you, are you still awake? I'm just checking. He says, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. That's scripture. OK, I've seen people, aromate? No. He was saying they're the salt. I was just checking if you're still here. And then he moves on to, in chapter 6, he moves same day. Imagine you've gone up, gone down the mountain, you've spoken to people. It's a whole long list of, of the teaching. He goes straight to now talk to his disciples. From there he goes straight to teach them how to pray. Same day, Lord's prayer comes on the same day. And how to treat others like yourself, you know that? Next chapter it goes, comes down the mountain, large crowd around. He speaks to the leper, the centurion, Peter's wife's mother. That same evening, the Bible said, "Brought many with possessed by demons." That's just one day in the evening. At the sight of the large crowd, he said, sail to the other side of the lake." What happens next? We catch him at Matthew28. They all got into a boat and began to cross over to the other side of the lake. And Jesus, exhausted, he fell asleep. One day you can go to any day this was a typical day that Jesus had People, Jesus got exhausted too. He fell asleep. So the point of this is that you must understand that exhaustion happens. Acknowledge it. Check it out and see where you're at. Don't think that it's okay to be okay all the time. How are you? I'm fine. Hallelujah, brother. No. Quit that. Try and evaluate and see where you're at. You've got to be honest. I like the contemporary English version says a terrible storm suddenly struck the lake and waves started splashing into the boat. Jesus was sound asleep. You remember that day? Matthew 15, 30, say, uh, oh, and the Aramaic is even more dramatic. And behold, a great earthquake occurred in the sea so that the, the, the boat would be covered with waves, but Yeshua was asleep. He was exhausted, furnished. Because it had had a long day. So Jesus does get exhausted. Large crowds came and brought many people who were crippled, blind, lame, unable to talk. They placed them and many others in front of Jesus and he healed them all. The point of this is when you are exhausted, it's not just about your daily things that the ones I counted, eating, sleeping, etc. you're going to have moments where, try and picture what it's like to be brought a child with a chopped leg, a mother who has been bleeding for 12 years, an old granny who has nobody to take care of, so the one eye has not worked for the past 15 years, what do you think that will do to you? Jesus gives us these examples so we can reflect on them on our daily lives. You see what KZN has gone through in the past 2 weeks, let alone before that. Is affecting you. Seeing those images. Those are not just images. They are doing something to your soul. You are seeing the lame. You are seeing the leper. You're seeing the people who are crying. You're seeing the houses in front of you just sinking. Yeah. You're hearing the news of 10 wiped out, a family of 10 out. That's doing something to your soul. And these are the things that Jesus saw on a daily basis. You are also seeing them. You are getting tired. They are exhausting. They are depleting in your soul. Please acknowledge what you're seeing around. Try and evaluate what it's doing to you. If you have any doubt that it did take something from Jesus, what he went through, each time he healed people, it wasn't just healing, that's it. But it took something away from him. Luke 8.45 we catch him with that woman who had, had issue of blood for many years and he says, who touched me? For me, it's a fascinating scripture for another day. Jesus heals somebody and he's not even aware. He says, who touched me? Peter, like Peter, says, my man, look around. (laughs) People are touching and you're asking who touched you. Jesus replies, Peter, you don't understand. I felt power leaving me. I felt something being taken out of me. Of course, that woman was touching him through faith. He was not even aware, but something was living out of him. So when you go out to help people, acknowledge it, there's something that you're releasing. Yeah, yeah, so when you're going out there and looking at all those, as, you, as you're handing up clothing and you're helping people, acknowledge that it is taking something out of you. And it's not bad that that is happening. Yeah. It's not a horrible thing. That's why we see the Messiah, the one who walked on water, converted into wine, descended to heaven, defeated. says, I felt something leaving me. At the end of the day, you'll be tired, you'll be exhausted. So we have to acknowledge this. Jesus had this... Detractors, people who are out criticizing him. John 4 says Jesus realizes that the Pharisees were keeping count of the baptism that he and John performed, although it was known that it was his disciples who were baptizing, not him. They had posted a score that Jesus was ahead, turning him and John into rivals in the eyes of the people. Black Twitter. People are out to just make you feel bad even when, you feel you, when you're doing something good. They knew Jesus wasn't baptizing people, but they kept scores. John 42, Jesus 50, he led. Doesn't that sound familiar? You'd think that people would pick on the Messiah when he has not done anything and they will leave you alone. People are nasty. You have to understand that the things that are being said by people by you, they do something to your soul. And try and process that. Give yourself time to process those things. Look what Jesus does. So because of that Jesus left Judea and went back to Galilee he was sick and tired of this and he was like I'm out, I'll come back later walk away but if he did not want to accept how it was affecting him he would have stayed and it would have affected him some more Maybe you could see that he's going to end up saying stupid things. And I'm that kind of guy. I want to stay. I want to be confrontational. So um, what's the score about? Who wrote this score? Huh? Why? I mean, why? Don't you guys know? Is it not a fact that I have... Tell me, point one person that I have baptized. That would have been me. Because I want to sort this out. What does Jesus do? He realizes his soul condition. He says, you know what? Waste of time. I'm out. Let me go to somewhere where I can be more productive. For eight, hey, to get there he had to pass through Samaria. Now he's trying to leave this thing he goes somewhere else here to pass. He came into Sychar, a Samaritan village that bordered the field um, Jacob had given to his son. Ja- Jacob's well was still there. Jesus, say with me, worn out. Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat down at the well. It was noon. I've just left my critics, and Twitter is buzzing. I'm trying to walk away, and it is hot. Noon is 12, and this is the Middle East. So it ain't nice. Jesus was poor, didn't have even a donkey. He walked. How much is happening in your life feels like you're walking middle of the day with the sun up, shining at you? Are you even aware of that? that feeling? Do you allow yourself to sit down? Sit down and send these guys off. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, Would you give me a drink of water? His disciples gone to village really to buy food, so we catch Jesus, thirsty, tired and hungry. He is trying to run away from Jewish Twitter. And now he's caught up in hunger. But he's away. Yes, this Jesus between him and himself. Let's see. Did Jesus see this phenomenon in his disciples? We catch him at Mark 6, 33 to 32. Those who had been sent out rejoined Yeshua and reported to him. He had sent the crew out and said, go and preach. So they come back, they had a whole vast of things to tell them. There were so many people coming and going that they couldn't even take time to eat. So he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a place where we can be alone and you can get some rest. They went off by themselves to an isolated spot. So he does see it, he does recognize it. Matthew Henry is a commentator. He says, Christ notices the frights of some and toils of others of his disciples, that's you and me, and provides rest for those that are tired and refuge for those that are terrified. So Jesus is aware of what we go through. He sees and he says, come away with me. So don't think that there's anything funny with you when you're feeling tired. Don't think there's anything strange when you're fatigued, when you're out of sorts and you're not feeling it. Check your snapping gauge. Try and see when you're all snappy and feeling like you should punch someone. I'm speaking for myself, maybe you're all holy. That's just me. I go through it quite often. So this was, this preaches to me, I hope it preaches to you too. I have to see and accept exhaustion. As our 4031, it says, even youth shall faint and be weary, and selected young men shall feel feebly, stumble and fall exhausted. So no one is an exception. So it says, even young men, So because well men are, are, are famed for strength and speed and boundless energy. Even them, anyone who's outside of the, that category is already counted in. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. Mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk, not faint, and become tired. We're going back to where we started. We serve a God who never wearies out. He's able to renew us and put us back to where we should be. Therefore, one, do not consider yourself weak because you feel exhausted. Being exhausted is not a sign of stupidity. There may be other things, but not that. Do not, too, do not hide it, nor glorify it, but hand it over. Bring it and come. I like the Durban the, the expression. Bring and come your existence to Jesus. No, it is, it is, it is, it is a, an important variation because sometimes we bring our exhaustion and we leave it and not come with it to Jesus. So that these are the problems that I have and you leave them there. Come with them. Put them there and stay. Sometimes even worse, we come and we do not bring the things. So bring both, yourself and your exhaustion. Matthew 11, 28, 29. Come to me, all of you who are tired, weary, and have heavy loads, overburdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 29. Accept my teaching. This is what he says when he says, take my burden. Take my yoke upon you. Accept my teachings and learn from me. I've shown you what Jesus goes through. And learn from me. Because I'm gentle and humble in spirit. And you will find rest for your soul. For so he's displayed it, he's done it, and now he's giving us an invitation to come to him with him. Number three, second to last. Seek, seek good godly help and stick to it yeah. I love this Jeremiah six sixteen. 16 thus says the Lord stand by the roads and look and ask for eternal parts where the good old way is then walk in it and you will find rest for your for your soul So you go out and look for godly help. Once you have found it, stick to it. It's a good old trusted word. It's a good old trusted way. This Bible. You heard what the person who clicked Grow said? I've grown. Why? Because you have to realize that you have an avalanche of internet sources that tell you how to be happy. To, I, I read something so stupid, <laughs> amazingly dumb. You must pick up your bag. The way you swing your arms really will make you feel good. Really? <laughs> I must sit here and read this for five minutes. Because <laughs> if I swing my arm, then I'll feel better. Another one says you must find new friends. What happens when they become old friends? They're new the first time, the second, the third week, maybe a month, if you're really slow and sue them a few times a year. That's it. After that, they're old friends. So you leave them and move to new ones? (laughs) It may look like I've given you too much scriptures. It's because there is too much out there. So please go home and read and go through these scriptures. And I've given you so little. There is a lot. You are fighting an avalanche of nonsense. Jeremiah 616 says, go and go back to the old trusted way. The word never fails. It's real, it's true. It's alive. Like a double-edged sword, a separate bone from marrow. You know the rest. Fourth and last. Work, then take a break even from helping. <clears throat> I like the Orthodox Jewish Bible, how it is. And Rabbi Melech Hamoziach says to them, This is Jesus, come away a while, you yourself, for a Yehudus a break in a quiet place for a Shabbaton, rest from work. For there were many coming and going, and they do not even have time for food. The reason why I chose that is because English does not make a good distinction between a break and a rest. In Hebrew, you even have different words. There is a break and there is a rest from work. Shabbat is rest from work. It's not a break. You have a break at work. That's not Shabbat. There is a break and then the Shabbat. Jesus is calling you to both. So, under that... I've put for you. Come away. Do we have it? No? Maybe? Come away to a secluded place. A quiet, removed, segregated place. For rest. Shabbat. A little, important, a little. You don't go out there and hibernate and tell us you're having a rest. That's not what Jesus was saying. Go and read it in context. Jesus took these guys away for a little. When they come back, they fed the the 5,000. Straight after. And because they had had a break, he could put demand on them and say, guys, they said, can we go and buy bread? And he says, no, you are going to feed them. Because he had just given them a break. So go out for a little. But here is the caution. Go away to a secluded place. Quiet. Come away. It's private. You do not go away to a Netflix series. That's not secluded. That's not private. You're still feeding yourself stuff, good or bad. Jesus is saying, go away to a quiet place. Most important ingredient of this, with Jesus. He said, come away, you, yourselves, and got into the boat with them, sat and allowed them to, To have. And remember, the crowds did not stop. The Bible says they landed along the coast because they could see them. They were waiting, said, We're waiting for you. Because they need what Jesus had. But Jesus went away and says, Just be with me. Sit. Eat. Have a rest. But once they're done, they got back. The Bible says, As soon as he stepped onto the shore, they came around. Moved with compassion he then started preaching to them and ended up feeding them. You know the rest of the story. But for you, you need to understand that one, do not think that exhaustion is a result of you being weak. No. Do not hide it or glorify it. Come, bring it to Jesus and come with yourself. Thirdly, seek godly help. Lastly, work, then take a break. Amen. Amen. God is good, isn't He? Yeah. He is wonderful. He is our King. He's got the power. He never wearies out. He's never bothered by your exhaustion. It's not like, ah, no, no, he's too weary. Oh, he's weary again. No. And I want to speak to the preachers and the people who are active in the service of the Lord. Whenever you've been sent out, come back and sit and have a place where you report to the Master. You're not working for yourself. You're not working for us. You're working for the Lord. Come back and say, I'm back now, Lord. I'm taking time. Don't move into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. That's not what we're getting here. You go out and do something and come back. And Rhea says, where am I? Say, God, come. I'm here. And listen and be prepared and be ready for Jesus to say, oh, come away with me. You see him all the time. He goes up and preaches and let the guys go and says, I'm going to just chill with my father now. Is replenishing. So let's learn that. Let's, let's not respond to pressure. There's a lot of guilt in this area. That's how we get exhausted. There's a lot of guilt. Ah, I said to Wayne, we're going to do this. Oh, my goodness. No, Jesus says, ah, no. Bring your exhaustion to me first. As said, Wayne, to wait. You're coming. But a little. When I'm finished there, I go back to Wayne and say, we're here. Let's move. Let's trust the Lord on this, guys. Let's trust God on this. Allow God in your heart to break the barrier of pride, to break the barrier of performance. You want people's approval. You want people to acknowledge you. You want people to say, ah, it glows in the dark. You don't. Jesus does. And he will allow you to feed 4,000 and 5,000 because he's given you a little rest. You've allowed him, you've let yourself to just be replenished in Jesus for a little while. These guys have been gone for days and they've done a lot of great things. Just just took a couple of hours at Jesus. And they were able to do even more things that they did before the rest. I like what Matthew Henry is saying. Some of our experiences frighten us. Some even disgust us. Some confuse us. And Jesus is aware of all those eventualities. And he says, whatever you're going through, be it in your life, be it in what you see going around, I will give you rest for your soul. He's ready, he's willing. It's an open invitation. Can we please all rise? Come question. Oh. Oh, you're here, all right. So when you wanna come up? I saw you having a mic. Yeah, sure, please. Oh. Yeah, so I want to. I don't
2: know. Hey, just uh, feel like God wants to do something here this morning, guys. Um, yeah, can we maybe just open up our hands and and just trust Him to heal and and touch? I think a lot of what Lang is just saying this morning is hitting hitting very close to home. And while I was just sitting here, I just I just had this picture of how Satan works in our lives is he loves to bring us to the place where we're so tired that we cannot resist temptation. We cannot make wise decisions. We cannot do the right thing. We cannot love the people that are closest to us because we are just... Exhausted, we're at the end of ourselves, and he's like, Oh, and he'll just continue to draw us into the cycle of work, 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 work until we, there's nothing left to give, and then he tempts us, <laughs> or then he sparks us to be angry or something, say things we regret. And we just have to realize, guys, this morning we're hearing wisdom, we're hearing the counsel of God and we're hearing the Word of God to us, especially us Durbanites right now. He's saying, come away. Come away. Not to the Netflix series. Come away to me and rest a while. All you who are heavy laden and got questions about finance and work and targets and goals, and you know what? Push it all away. Push it all away and realize that God is not putting that on you. He is gentle, he is kind, and he gives rest to the weary. To be tired is to be human. We're not slaves in a world system, we're our sons and daughters in a kingdom. And I just wanna pray over you now. Karababu shakaramaka shakaramashente. Shabu kushiki arababu shetiya namakababushente. Ria tabu kia ba yiti ya lama tu kurumu yetiya namabushente. Uriarababu shente siti arababushentiri arababu shente. We drive out every spirit that is seeking to to drive us forward and the works and works and more works. We break its power in the name of Jesus today. We will not live under the whip of Pharaoh. We break that in the name of Jesus. Everything that the enemy is loading on people today, we declare freedom in the name of Jesus. Everything that is, that is not of God, that is being loaded onto your life right now, we, we command it to go in the name of Jesus Go in the name of Jesus. And Lord, just open the heavens over your people, we pray this morning. Just open the heavens and pour out that peace. Some of you haven't even had that in such a long time. Just drink it in right now. It's just the peace of God that transcends understanding. You don't understand it, but it's like, ah, oh, I can breathe again. Lord, let your peace come on your people, Lord. Let your peace come on your people this morning. Some of you just need to let go a little. You're so broken. You're so tired. You can't. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Just let it go. You're in the right place this morning. This is a place of healing. This is a place of encountering the Lord. This is a place of rest this morning. Just release your burdens unto Him. Whatever it is, financial, relational, relational, Someone's bad-mouthing you, saying stuff about you. Just release it to the Lord. (laughs) He doesn't want you to walk around with that thing, worried about what they say about you, and whatever he says about you matters. Come on, let that go. Let that go. Let it go. Let it go. Say, go in Jesus' name. You're burdened with financial stuff. Just say, go in Jesus' name. That's not my burden to carry you're burdened with so many deadlines. Just say, go. Family drama. Woo! Family drama. Some of you, your families are just putting too much on you right now. And you just, like, this false burden of guilt on you. Like, you just feel like you have to keep meeting everybody's needs. Listen. Make a wise choice right now. Say no. Just say the word no. Just say no. No, 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 no. Close the door on all that demand right now and allow the Lord just to sharpen you, empower you, refresh you, touch you, bless you, bless you, bless you, you, strengthen you. You feeling like it's too much? It is. It is too much. Don't feel like if it's too much, there's something wrong with you. It's, it's too much, it's too much. Just let it go. Just say no. Lord, you said if any man lacks wisdom, he can ask, but let him ask in faith. We pray for a release of godly wisdom of every man, woman, and child here, Lord, a release of godly wisdom to know their boundaries to know themselves, to know how to plan a break, to know how to come away with you, Lord God, to know how to, to what are the things that are stealing rest, to know, to know, to know. Lord, let wisdom come on your people today. But we'll be wise people. I just see these like tank, this picture of this tank that's just getting filled, and I see the word compassion on it. And I just feel like some of you have run out of compassion and it's made you so, you feel like so sad as a person because you just got no more compassion, you just don't care, things that used to bother you and just touch your heart, you just, you're so numb now, you don't even care, you're just whatever. It's just, and it's because you're so tired, <laughs> you've got no more compassion to give. But you're actually a very compassionate person. Just allow him to fill the tank of compassion again. Be settled in the name of Jesus. Be settled. Be settled. Peace to you. Peace be upon you. Be a man of peace. Be a woman of peace. Walk in peace. Live in peace. If you've been struggling to sleep at night because of stress, won't you just lift your hands up high? Your sleep has been robbed in this last couple of weeks, or I don't know, maybe it's systemic has been happening too long lift your hands up lift your hands up your sleep is being robbed lord right now we just thank you that you give rest to the righteous you give rest to the righteous rest we declare rest rest sleep <laughs> sleep sleep in jesus name rest you give rest Lord, your word says how pointless it is to rise early and go to bed late. And even while we're sleeping, Lord, you give us, you are answering our needs and providing for us while we sleep. Rest in Jesus' name. Rest in Jesus' name.
0: Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sound. Be blessed.